Yo. Hey, man. You didn't get back to me about this episode we're trying to do here. Come on, man. I was on a red eye. <laughs> Flight got delayed. <laughs> it's relevant because the episode's about email. So thanks for getting back to me. I appreciate that. See, that's the problem. Everybody's always asking you to do something in email. Hey, podcast listener, even if you are alone in your entrepreneurial journey, know that today, right now in your earbuds, you are joined by thousands of entrepreneurs from all around the globe seeking to grow better, more profitable, location-independent businesses. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and download our entire back catalog, check out tropicalmba.com. So, boss man, seriously, how do you feel about email nowadays? Like, what place in your life does it hold? It's like regular mail, you know? It's like the mail that you get from the U.S. Postal Service. Like, nothing good ever comes. It's always bills. Oh, come on, really? (laughs) Most of the time. I'd say 90 to 95% of the time. We got an email the other day, somebody offering us some free work. I love those emails. (laughs) Okay, so sometimes it's good. Most of the times it's bills. In this episode, we're going to talk about approaches to handle this unique way of interacting with people in modern life. It's email. It's this thing that didn't really exist previously. Although you're saying it is a lot like snail mail. These days, yeah. We'd love to hear your strategies about handling it. We're going to post this podcast at tropicalmba.com slash email strategies. But we just didn't want to hear from two grumpy old entrepreneurs. We wanted to talk to someone who loves email. And I know you got it in you too, boss man. I know you love email too at the core of it. I mean, we build our businesses on email and we still receive it from amazing people every day, right? I mean, look, it's not all bad. It's not all bad, but let me just go down through my inbox real quick for you. Oh boy. This will just take a second. I just opened it up. Thank you for your payment. (laughs) Ian, you're late on this payment. There's a penalty. Hey buddy, want to meet up? Yes, I got your check. Thank you. (laughs) Your online bill is available. Second wire due. (laughs) This is why I don't like email so much right now. (laughs) Well, hey, I would just focus right in on that. Hey, buddy, want to meet up? That sounds really fun. (laughs) And speaking of people that you might want to meet up with, one is Chris Van Patten of Van Patten Media and many other projects, which we'll learn about in due time. CVP, as I like to call him, I'm trying to get that nickname to catch on. It's, It's so fun to say. I like that. And let me tell you, this turned into a bit of a counseling session. Yes, it did. You've got mail, baby, yeah. I love email. I'm addicted to email. And I think the reason for that is that I actually have three separate email inboxes. So I have my work account, Chris at Van Patten Media. I have a personal account, hello at chrisvanpatten.com. And then I have a third secret email that I don't give out. And that's where I sign up for all the crap. So I guess actually that's the one that I give out the most. <laughs> that's the one you give to LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. That's LinkedIn. It's email list. And that means that my work email has like so little email in it. I think like today my inbox is like one unread item and I have 19 items in my inbox. And that's it. I have the same approach as you, Chris. I have like four different email accounts. It's like basically four tabs that I have open. What do you do when you see an email and it causes you to think, you know, I'm going to have to spend, you know, 20, 30 minutes on this email? I've gotten to the point where I just don't even read the emails anymore. So I use a few different things. My favorite is a tool called Write Inbox. It's really similar to Boomerang with the idea that, like, 
if I see an email that I don't want to act on right now, I set a reminder. So I just click the little remind me button in Gmail and have it tell me, you know, whenever to remind me. And I also have it auto archive. So it's like totally invisible until, you know, whenever I set the reminder for. And once it comes back, that's when I'll act on it. And how much time would you say you spend on email every day? 30 minutes, 40 minutes. I have like a crazy system. I probably have 500 labels and then auto filters that put things in the right place. So I never have to like put a label on an email because my automatic filters just do it for me. I guess one of the things that we were talking about is like there's a limit. Like if you're spending 45 minutes a day, that's pretty reasonable. One of the problems I've been having is like, I guess like to properly give the respect to everybody that emails me, that would probably take me like three hours a day about. Yeah. I feel like I'm caught in a circle because if I did give the proper respect to everybody, each issue would inflate and that would lead me to needing to spend four to five hours a day in subsequent months. Yeah. And then you have 200 pen pals and it's just a nightmare to manage all of that. Yeah. So what should I do? I think you should quit email, quit the internet and <laughs> buy a little cabin in the woods in like Massachusetts or something. Right. That's really the other option. <laughs> Just, I've brought this on myself. <laughs> Here's my solution for you, Dan. And I've told you this before, but I think I'm thinking about implementing this myself. I think it makes sense to implement an autoresponder and anywhere where your email is public, share the same message, which is basically these are the three things that I'm working on right now. That's like the Derek Sivers thing. Sivers.org slash now. Oh, does he do this as well? He does. He has a web page that says what he's doing right now. It kind of alerts people like, hey, here's what I'm interested in. I don't want to like review your book or whatever. So essentially that, and I don't know how stern he is with his language and whatnot, but you know, please do not bug me unless it relates to these three things. The problem with that, I guess, is it's interesting, right? Because it takes away one of the most wonderful things about email is like the serendipities that come into your inbox every morning. Yeah, it does. But when's the last time? I'd say 99% of the emails that I get require some work or thought from me. 1% is like that gift, right? It's like, hey, Ian, here you go. Right. Free chocolate. I did this for you and it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so that's the interesting thing because I used to listen to podcasts where people would complain about email volume and I would just be like, ah, wimps, you know? I really think like the past year and a half specifically, I've just really been feeling it. Like a lot of it is attitude. Like I look at my inbox and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, like I can't do this. I can't keep up. I haven't really found a consistent way to address it in my life. And one of the things that made me think about a lot is like the people that send these outbound emails, like it doesn't cost them anything. There's an implicit hook there, which is like, hey, we know each other, like we've done business or whatever, like you ought to consider what I'm about to tell you. And then it's like two or three sentences, right? And with the ask in it, like, let me know your thoughts would be like a minimum ask. But the crazy injustice there is that letting them know your thoughts, both like they often will incorporate like a social requirement, like, you know, we've done business or we know each other, therefore you ought to let me know your thoughts. But like it's completely unbalanced because sending two or three sentences off when you have an idea costs nothing. Yet to respond with thoughts could be very expensive. Your thoughts? So I think you need to give yourself permission to opt out. I'm a big believer in the power of the second email. And I don't mean you're sending a second email. I mean the receiving of a second email. So if something comes into your inbox, and I'm actually I'm looking at my inbox right now, I see like four or five different things that I left in my inbox because I was like, I'm going to respond to these later. I could go through right now and archive those four or five messages. 
And if it's something that's actually important for the other person to hear from me, they'll send a second email, right? They'll take the time to say, hey, did you get my first email? And not in like an autoresponder kind of automatic way, but in a personal way, like I just wanted to make sure I think this is a cool opportunity for you, whatever it is. If it's actually important, if it actually matters to them, they'll send that second email. There's always that social cost. In the early days, I didn't have to pay it, you know? And I guess that that's kind of what sucks about it. And sometimes I, I know it sounds so whiny, but there's a little bit of an injustice there. It's like, mm, now I'm put in a position where I'm basically forced to either like spend way more than you spent on this or piss you off. And either one is a bit of an injustice. <laughs> also like slightly callously, like if somebody feels pissed off by the fact that you didn't give them your time, They're not someone that's like, you know, worth dealing with. And I think like if somebody has that mindset that you owe them, that other people owe them things, that's not somebody that's worth letting into your inbox in the first place, you know, or or not letting into your outbox. One of the reasons why this problem exists is because the Internet has allowed us to have so many friends now, right? In big air quotes. Right, exactly. Back in the day, I mean, it was impossible to know 500 people and be on a level with them in that you're communicating maybe on a monthly basis. So I think that's part of the reason why my inbox looks the way it does is because I've amassed a bunch of friends. And at some point or time, we've had you know a couple back and forth emails, and then that allows us to then kind of feel like we can email them at any time. One of the harder situations I find is that like people rightfully calling in favors, you know, like you could have like a long connection with people over many years, like lots of business connects and then they call in a favor. The problem is, is that like that happens at some sort of scale. And I find that really, really difficult to like say no or pass on things that are just not my focus, but are people that I respect and want to work with calling in a favor, you know. That I find quite time consuming. The other thing that's interesting is something you said, Chris, where the experiment of like email half life, like if you were forced to walk away from your inbox for a week and then evaluate all the emails seven days after they arrived, the chances that you have to reply to something like half every day. The crazy dichotomy there or paradox is that if you reply to somebody after two weeks, you're simultaneously pissing them off and giving them a huge compliment, which is that your email has a timeless quality such that I'm responding two (laughs) weeks later, but they're pissed because you responded two weeks later. I don't think they're pissed. And if they are, man, I've pissed off a lot of people doing that. (laughs) I've got an email in here from October of 2015 that I still haven't acted on. So you know what? I'm actually going to go in right now and just archive it because by this point, that person has never responded to me to ask why I didn't do what they asked me. Clearly, I'm not going to respond to them. Oh, here's another one. May 11th. That's slightly better, but that's gone now. Perfect. You've got mail. So I really think you can either do one of these systems where you decide that like, you know, you're only gonna meet people in person or you're, you know, only gonna have people call you or have an autoresponder. That's like one approach. And then the other approach is to have somebody do your email for you. I've seen people do this, like have assistants go in there and basically say, you know, there's like four important emails every day. And then your assistant calls you and asks you specifically what should be done with them. Have you guys ever seen? I know somebody who does that, but I think it can work really great as like that first line of defense, especially, you know, if you can do some leveraging of time zones and have somebody who's up 
two or three hours before you in the morning, go through and get rid of all the stuff that's not important, respond to the stuff that they can respond to. I imagine you guys get emails, oh, that was a great podcast episode or whatever. And that could be the two sentence, thanks for the email, appreciate your comments, get all that kind of stuff out of the way. And then maybe even star the emails that they think you should respond to, or maybe that goes to you over Slack or something like that, or the phone call, whatever it is. I wouldn't entirely automate my email. It's getting all the bad stuff or the easy stuff anyway, all that low hanging fruit, get that out of there. So you only have to focus on the stuff that only you can focus on. It's interesting. You mentioned the love the podcast today, easiest email to respond to of all time. Like that's the great stuff. You know, I could like respond to a hundred of those like, yeah, thanks. But then those hundred emails or whatever that you respond to, that's time and energy that you've taken away from doing something else that requires you. And even though the cost is pretty small, the cost adds up quickly. It's funny because, you know, sometimes it's your best friends that are writing you an email, but sometimes it's people that are just trying to get something out of you, you know, in the most cynical terms. And so I've even noticed like seemingly innocent emails, like where someone asks a very basic question that you can kind of like bang out the answer to very quickly. A more likely response than thanks is for them to ask you another question. That's like classic copywriting technique there, right? Like smart. Well, you just hand, open but... the door. Right. Yeah, exactly. For the conversation to continue is the door might not have been open in the first place, but they have your email. And so it's like your door is always open. Yeah. It's like you give the email for the free opt and then all of a sudden you're being bombarded with 30 list sequence. But the actual human version of that. I got the email. You got the email. I got the email. You got the email. Hey, big thanks to Chris Van Patten from Van Patten Media for his insights I don't think Chris knew we were calling him to talk about email. He was super game. In fact, we were talking about the amazing job he did. He was the guy who overhauled the Dynamite Circle website. He's like a community technological master. Him and his team did an amazing job changing the technology of the Dynamite Circle. But let's reflect on what we talked about in this show. Let's do a quick review. Some email tips and strategies. We'd love to hear yours, by the way, and just see what you're seeing out there because this is a new way to communicate with people. Everybody's in a bit of a different situation. I love to hear strategies about this. So you say new, and I agree with you, you know, the last 15 years or whatnot, but I find myself transitioning over to these other newer platforms like Slack, iMessage, Viber, WhatsApp. What I guess I'm most interested in is that these mediums are, I think, putting us in new sorts of challenges. I mean, they might have echoes of the old challenges. You develop these new policies, these new practices, even these new mores, dare I say, because of these technologies. You know, it's like what went in your family for generations, like doesn't go in the family email. It's like, dad, you can't send an email to me like that. You know what I'm saying? Like there's these different things that come about because of this technology. It's different ways of interacting. I read through my email at the top of the show and most of the emails that I get are actually from people that don't know me that well or from corporations or, you know, more like official type business. But most of my like personal interactions, interactions with friends, et cetera, go through these newer platforms like Viber. So there's a lot more to talk about. But let's talk about email real quick. Let's do a review. Okay, as the receiver, there's some things you can do. What do you think about the autoresponder strategy? I want to implement this, but I'm scared to come off like a jerk. Yeah. You know, I think that that's the kind of risk that you run is like, I'm too important for you. I don't have time for you. But here's the five things that I'm interested in. If you're interested in these five things, then get at me. That's one of the things that I want to do, but I, I haven't quite got the nerve to do it yet. Yeah, I think that right there, like all of a sudden what we did is we took a moray that like if someone walked up to you in a bar that like you knew through acquaintances and said, hey, you know, like my name's 
Mark and I know you through Jeff or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And like you blew that person off, you would be a jerk. But now all of a sudden, when everybody in every bar in every city can approach you at once. Right? Yeah, it's totally different. Obviously, in a bar, I'm willing to talk about just about anything, right? That's the reason we're there is to socialize over some drinks. But when I get the email and I'm in my home and I've got an agenda for the day and I've got to respond to this email, then it's kind of like an interruption, right? So it's kind of about where you catch somebody. Well, it depends too, because like if you're, I feel like I could send you an email about the funny cat video that I saw and you'd have to be nice about it. Yeah, I'd probably open that. As a receiver, the second strategy that you could employ is you could wait for the second email. Or some people call it like a double opt-in where you'd say, you know, I'm really busy right now. Like, how about we talk about this in a month? What do you think of that strategy? I think like CVP was talking about, like if it's worth getting the message across to somebody and it's worth you know interacting with somebody, then send the second email. So if they don't open the first email, then you send the second email. Generally speaking, this works on me. I probably shouldn't share this on the show, but if you send me two or three emails, I really start to feel guilty about <laughs> not responding to the first one. Well, it depends what the request was because it can also inflame why you didn't respond in the first place. Sure. It's like, I'm trying to market this thing to you. Well, right. I mean, there's no chance of responding responding to those emails most of the time, right? But like if it's a simple ask and I just don't have the time or the bandwidth to do it the first time, if it comes through the second or third time, I think, wow, this is really important to that person. You know, maybe I can make it more of a priority. It's interesting. I think in this world of like IMs and stuff, like the double pop email is becoming more popular as well. As a receiver, a third strategy, have someone do it for you. What do you think about this? Have you ever been tempted? I wouldn't have any problem with someone opening my physical mail, but for some reason I have a problem with somebody opening my Gmail, even though I don't even open it. So maybe that's kind of weird. As a sender, and maybe this is a personal message to some listeners, like I try to be as responsive as I can to as many things as I can, but don't feel offended if you don't get a response from somebody that you write to, you know? It happens for me too. Like all the time. Yeah. So maybe it's like just the wrong time, the wrong topic, like you know, not everybody's in a spot in their life when they can be sitting in front of their desk for a full eight hours a day. A lot of people, they're going through stuff in life, man. Exactly. If they got something going on, don't get mad about it. And number two, don't do phishing emails. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is the most annoying thing. This is the easiest way to get on the blacklist, so to speak. It's like when you do a correct email in order to send an incorrect email next. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like I did this for you. If you wouldn't mind sharing, I'd appreciate it. No, that's fine because you're straight up front about it. Okay. What's not cool, I think, is like when you engage somebody in such a way that you know you'll engage them. And then when they respond, you say, hey, by the way, could you share this for me? Oh, like, yo, dog, I heard you like dirt bikes. Here's my new dirt bike. And then I respond, <laughs> I'm like, that's sick. And then they're like, but I need you to do this for me. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'd love to hear your pet peeves and tips about email. We're not perfect, but we're trying to be. TropicalMVA.com slash email. Let us know what you think. Send us an email about it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tropical MBA podcast. You can go to tropicalmba.com, get access to hundreds of back episodes and all kinds of other goodies. Load up your iPod. That is the cheapest way to fly business class on your next international flight. We will see you next Thursday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.